the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so All right, so we're going to get on to the economic skullduggery and scandals of a government that lies every fracking time it sends somebody to a podium. And this is the more broader point. As we listen to somebody put lipstick on the pig. You see, there's so many Biden failures. I mean, there's everything. Everything he touches. This is what Democrats do. They fail, and then they lie to you about it, which reminds me of an old movie I like. I'm Hans Christian Andersen. I've many a tale to tell. And though I'm a cobbler, I'd say I tell them rather well. I think think, uh, Kirby would be much better off if he walked out like Danny Kaye, started hopping and singing. Just if you're going to lie to me, give me the whole show, Kirby. I want the whole fracking show. Because listening to you put lipstick on a pig, that had ramifications we don't even talk about anymore. In reading this, you seem to be conceding that evacuation should have happened sooner and faster, saying we now prioritize earlier evacuations, noting that today you would message evacuations more aggressively. I'm- sooner and faster? You, you, you ignored all, all information. You ignored even your own advisors, you moron. And the dimwit in diapers when he had a binky in his mouth waiting for his diaper to be changed on a table like a little baby, somebody made the decision to pull out. I understand you've made clear the president does not have any regrets about his decision to withdraw. But in hindsight, in reading this, does the president have any regrets about how this withdrawal was carried out? The president's very proud of the manner in which uh, the men and women of the military, the foreign It's interesting, that word proud. Because it, 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 it's really exposing a deeper problem. They have no shame. They don't know. The, the, the cities they rule over are, are hellhole, ghettos, third world countries that nobody wants to be in. Even the Democrats themselves are now waking up to the reality that is the American Marxist mafia philosophy and ramifications. So this, they're lying about every aspect of it. But this particular debacle that is far bigger than this administration, it covers four administrations, 20 years. Brown University claims $8 trillion. I don't know if they're factoring in the $2.7 trillion we can't find in the Pentagon. And that's after Rumsfeld couldn't find $2.3 trillion. So you've got $6 trillion of missing money in the Pentagon. Gone. We don't, I don't know where it is. The largest budget, in, unimaginable budget. And what about the lives? They claim that 2,402 soldiers were killed in Afghanistan. They don't add the 13 at the end, and they don't add any of the contractors. See, they found a way during this war to not only steal our money, but to hide the lives of our soldiers because they started during this war hiring mercenaries, and they could keep them off the books. 
What they cannot keep off the books is the 20,713 American soldiers that are destroyed, wounded in action, some hardly recognizable. And then there's the other thing. Brown University tallies 900,000 people killed over the 20-year war. 900,000. I know we don't care about them, right? Because they're Afghanis and whatever. Okay. But you lost to the Taliban. They are in control. And this is four months ago. Four months ago. I want you to hear this animal beat a woman with a strap that is similar to what the old barbers used to sharpen the razors on, except this one's got some weight to it. It's about nine times thicker. Hear that thud? You hear it, Big Bat? He's beating her. Not because she had an affair. Maybe she preferred somebody who washed their genitals. Not because of that. But because she's suspected of it. And that clip goes on for a minute and 30 seconds. He beats her mercilessly. And what happens when they try to report on this? Two Afghan journalists were beaten in police custody after covering a protest by women in Kabul, where they were detained by the Taliban, their editor said. So we look away from the ramifications of Joe Biden stealing the office. See, the reality is it just doesn't destroy our lives here, the quality of our lives, the principles of our nation. This has mass ramifications. And right now, that is a prison island. It's not a country. It's run by savages and beasts. And the U.N. verifies exactly what my accusation is. This is, by the way, this is from 70 days ago. A unanimous report uh, highlights uh, concerns, concerns with regard to ongoing extrajudicial killings. Arbitrary arrests and detentions, torture and ill treatment, denial of women and girls' rights to participate in many aspects of daily and public life, restrictions on the media and civic space, and the situation and place of detention. And what about the homosexuals? We got a big push now. You want to take third graders, you want to dress them up as the opposite sex, and then you claim to be virtuous. Here they kill you on sight. If they even suspect your side saddle, gone, finito, over with. And where's the American media? They say nothing? I mean, even now, am I supposed to celebrate the way it's reported? So, John, thank you for doing this, but I think I speak on behalf of my colleagues in this room, and we want the record to reflect. This was sent to us about 10 minutes before the briefing began, with little notice, and it's the very definition of a modern major holiday news dump. Releasing this uh, at the beginning of the high holidays and after months of requests from Republicans and the broader public. Um, so why today? And is this all we get? And is this a response to the studies that were done by the agencies? See, now the reporter is so used to being a mouthpiece. He wants to be polite rather than saying, you spent all this time and you gave me 15 pages, moron. Do it again. And I want the truth. And I want every aspect. And I want every dollar. Because you know why those numbers are getting bigger in employment? Because the government counts their own employees. News alert now from the IRS. Kayla Tausche has the story. Kayla. Hey, Tyler. The Internal Revenue Service is mapping out how it plans to deploy $80 billion in new funding over the coming years. It's seeking to ramp up enforcement and also revamp the agency's outdated technology. The IRS says it will hire 19,000 new employees 
in just the next two years, including 7,000 in enforcement, where it will expand audits primarily of high net worth individuals. Compl- I like that. I like it. Let's get all the new Nazis. Let's get all the new Gestapo with their little calculators. And let's audit every freaking dollar because I want to know in these 15 pages where you put in the $80 billion of brand new weapons you just left to the Taliban who are beating women, who are killing gays, who are making life a prison island. And in the meantime, we've got our own issues here. How you spit in the face of the true American heroes. The summary is a snapshot of two classified reports submitted Thursday to Congress following a subpoena threat from Republican Congressman Michael McCall, Foreign Affairs Committee Chair. We need to get answers and accountability to the American people, the veterans and the Gold Star Mothers. We've got veterans that deserve a hell of a lot more of the truth. Lance Corporal Jared Schmidt died in the suicide bombing. His father said the 12-page summary is an insult. You're the President of the United States. The buck stops with you. It's your responsibility. Stop making excuses. See, and that's that's going on at the same time. Hans Christian Anderson, this CIA spokes idiot, this hand puppet of failure and corruption, which is the definition of a Democrat. President Biden led a deliberate, rigorous and inclusive decision making process that was responsive to facts on the ground. He focused keenly on the need for proper planning. In fact, President Biden directed his top national security leaders to begin planning for a withdrawal even before he had made the final decision to leave Afghanistan. He ordered troop reduction plans, plans to turn over bases and equipment to the Afghan government, as the previous administration had negotiated, plans to draw down our diplomatic presence, and plans to evacuate both American citizens and Afghan allies alike. Indeed, evacuation planning started in spring of 2021, and the president ordered additional military forces pre-positioned in the region by midsummer. That explained the reality of the news. And by the way, this is Reuters. Among the chaotic scenes during the rushed withdrawal from Afghanistan, enduring images of the war's most vulnerable, the children. A baby handed over the airport wall to the arms of strangers. U.S. troops cradling newborns. And perhaps one of the most tender images, this little girl, exhausted, asleep on the cold metal floor of a C-17, snuggled in the jacket of Airman Nicholas Barron. Cap- and it goes on from there. And then you remember Afghan's version of spirit as they were hanging on their wheels and falling off at 4,000 feet. You remember that. But they're going to still put lipstick on the pig. That is the worst example of American failure since the end of Vietnam. The Biden White House put out its long-awaited report on the widely criticized fall of Afghanistan in 2021. First, Afghanistan. U.S. forces hastily withdrew in August 2021 as the Taliban recaptured the country after nearly 20 years of war. Amid the chaos, a suicide bombing killed 13 U.S. troops and more than 100 Afghans. Today, the National Security Council's John Kirby laid out a 12-page summary blaming... I was wrong. It's not 15 pages. They were busy. 12 pages. This is what it looks like when a CPS student does a report. The Trump administration, bad intelligence, and the Afghans themselves. Our Laura Barone Lopez had a seat at today's White House briefing and joins us to break down the report's conclusions. Thanks for being here. What does this 12-page after-action report say? 
So this is a, a report compiled by the National Security Council based off of the after-action uh, reviews conducted by the State Department and the Defense Department. So there are a number of key findings here from this after-action report. That includes that the administration will now prioritize earlier and faster evacuations, uh, something that was not done in the withdrawal during, of Afghanistan. I want you to think about all the people that are making well over six figures, well over 100,000. That came up with this bulldog. You see, government jobs are ghost jobs. And you don't have to produce anything. There are no standards. We have millions of people walking around looking busy. The whole damn thing is like McCormick Place. Everybody's walking around hoping nobody f- recognizes them and asks them to do something. And then when they do it, and it's this piece of dung, this bald-faced lie, do they understand it's not fooling anybody? It only destroys the credibility of every government employee every one of you you're all useless to me so when you come out with economic reports do me a favor print it on Charmin, because that's what it's good for anytime you open your mouth it's a freaking lie since the withdrawal china has increased its economic ties with the taliban first signing oil deal in january and now i mineral contracts is the white house concerned about these growing economic ties uh, between China and Taliban, and uh, can you share some comments about it? We, we uh, look, our view, uh, every country's got to take their own view here of how they're going to uh, relate to the Taliban. Listen, you stuttering liar. Here's my view, you moron fraud liar who can't dance. What you really did is Joe Biden and his administration paid off the bribe that their family took for decades from the Chinese Communist Party. They not only enriched the Taliban with our weapons, they assured that we were going to enrich China with the minerals in Afghanistan. And we got guts on ghoul, except war stories and slap in the face and lies from Democrats, because that's what they do. They fail, and they lie, and they cheat. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I was having a conversation, squirrel hands took the day off apparently he's got to make cookies and dress like the bunny i don't know what it is but we have Macbeth in today and we were talking about the fact you don't always have to be right i don't have to agree but you have to be loyal joe biden is a traitor that's why the chinese government gave this idiot crack smoking dimwit and his cohort of corruption at rosemont seneca 1.5 billion to invest they never invested in anything they didn't have policy information on. Never. You don't give somebody $1.5 billion. You don't give tens of millions of dollars if you're not getting something in return. China got everything from our Afghan withdrawal. There's my report. Take your 15 pages, Hans Christian Anderson, ball it up, and shove it. Because that's what it's good for. Of course, not to me, but some of your cabinet would really enjoy that. Uh, Drew Naperville. Hey, Sean. Hey, I heard a uh, an interview with Chad Rubbershow, who is uh, author of Saving Aziz. All right. He, he's a guy who went over there on his own money and his own oh, dime yes. Yes, 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 uh, yes. To, to save his interpreter. And I guess, I guess there's a movie being made out of it. And right. what, he, what he said to me was absolutely chilling, or what he said in this interview. He said, 
what Joe Biden did in the withdrawal was absolutely intentional. There was no quandary about it. There was no question. He said they pulled out of the number one most strategic Air Force base that we had in the world, which was Bagram Air Force Base. It cost us how many billions just to make it after we seized the area. You remember that? I mean, 20 years and you did nothing? Just to make it. And, and there was there was no reason for us to abandon that base, and Joe Biden abandoned it. I mean, the Chinese are there now. Strate- Hopefully, they can't yeah, reach the sinks, and their little feet are dangling when they wash their hands. Strategically, uh, think about where we were. I mean, we were right smack in the middle of everything yeah. at an advanced base, and now we got nothing. Yeah, we went from making French fries to kung pao chicken. George likes his chicken spicy. Very aggravating when you realize these traitorous bastards took over. And they stole the election in the first place. What do you think of that? Uh, Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. Hi, Macbeth. Uh, I just wanted to say, this is one of the reasons why I trust and love animals more than people. Because animals kill for survival. People kill for power. Yeah. I mean, animals I, don't I have respect- pockets either. Because you got the Biden right. crime family in. They'd hit, they, they sleep with their sister-in-laws. They're just pigs. They're just scum yep. of the earth. Crackheads and yeah. drunks and wretches. He's showering with his daughter. What a freak show. Should be a Showtime yep. movie called Shameless. Rats. Yep. Thank you very much. Disgusting. Disgusting. Marsupials have pockets. All right, fine. Uh, M- uh, Mitchell. Hey, what's up there, Sean? Did you hear that RFK Jr.? is going to run for president. Now, I like his stance on COVID because he came out and he basically talked about how the CIA knew all about, you know, ivermectin and obviously hydroxychloroquine. But here's the problem. His brother ran for governor a few years ago against Fed Albert, and it looked like a fat chipmunk. Was it, his brother his brother. Or, was it his brother or his nephew? I can't keep no, it. No, it was his brother. I think it, yeah. it, was, it was his brother. Well, and, he's got a problem because he's got a voice. He's, he, had, he had voice surgery or he had throat surgery. You can barely hear the guy. That's going to be his problem. But if anything, right. he's running as a yeah. Democrat. I mean, after, a lo- after all, they elected Fetterman. I mean, this poor guy can't keep his eyes open for more than 35 minutes. And you got the dimwit in diapers, so they have no standards. I mean, we have a chance, and we'd be better off with a Kennedy than we would a traitor. I could say a lot about the Kennedys, but they're not traitors. They're not assets of the Communist Party in China. Yeah, and then the, I, I, the whole thing—the whole thing here. This is this is just convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I want to- loan guarantees. How many loan guarantees does this country have with oligarchs, with communists, with the IMF bank who does it through a third party? Do we even know where the fracking money is? And the IRS agents. Just so I get this straight, you're going to investigate some store owner. You're going to audit some real estate broker. You're going to audit some guy who's got four franchises? You, well, you, you rat America, huh? Craig and Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Hey, before I uh, get to my point, I just want to take and wish you and all your staff and me a really blessed uh, Resurrection Sunday celebration. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be with the family. It's going to be wonderful. Super. Okay, here's what I got. So, you know, there's these um, suspicious act reports. Sorry, banks have to do it. When they see suspicious activity, they have to turn that into the government. It, this Comer, this Chairman Comer, he brought up the point. He, it's, it's going on right now about there's hundreds and hundreds of these things with the Biden crime uh, family 
and everything like that. In the most recent one, there's there was uh, these uh, several million dollars came in, sure. uh, went through the bank, and then uh, Biden's wife, Jill, Jill, uh, you know, Doctor Jill, she yeah, got Jill, the tramp. She was the wife of his yeah. biggest donor, and then all of a sudden she became Mrs. Biden. Tramp, go ahead. Yeah, sure. They're, they're all collecting money. It got divvied out to Joe, got divvied out to Hunter, and somebody else. Now look at. What is our our justice system or these three-letter agencies or the DOJ? They're supposed to be... Come on, Craig. They're in on the scam. He traces back to 85 LLCs, really 117, 85 with bank accounts. I don't know what... What would he be doing with all those LLCs? He's an asset of enemies foreign and domestic. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So the Congress has subpoena several, several banks that have ties to the syndicate of the enemy of Americanism, some call president. See, his crack smoking degenerate whoremongering son was a bagman. Has been since Joe Biden was the vice president, really since he was a senator. 21 years old, he sat on the board of Amtrak. 21 years old. What the hell did he know about anything? He didn't. He was a liaison. Arm's length, payoff, scheme, bagman. That's all he's ever been. That's what's going on. That's what sits in the office. And it's not just that office. It's all around there. Will you show me a Democrat? I'll show you a husband, a wife, somebody with a hair lip and a love handle around their neck who's a lobbyist. You know, like Durbin. That's just a coincidence. And apparently they're upset because Clarence Thomas hangs around with a billionaire who they know nothing about. Cream Puff Jim. Yeah, hi. Is Florida still being celebrated? In, in the, is, is Easter still being celebrated down in Florida? Is who going to do uh, the pizza? I didn't know. Uh, the, pizza guy did, the pizza guy did not left uh, Easter in Florida. You're down there, aren't you? Yeah, of course. We have well, Easter. Well, we got, got a lot of religious good. people. We I'm got a lot of religious Now they all carry yeah, guns. It's wonderful. Yeah, good, good. I just gonna say, I never heard so many moochers. I mean, I know that there's two moochers. Scalia and this guy's a huge moocher. You talk, but you're a, you're a Chicago retired municipal. No, a grown man mooching patients is nuts. My vacations was, were, I wanted my privacy in my vacation. But if anybody was buying, I was buying. Nobody well, was buying my well, First of all, let's, let's be serious. If anybody Nobody. was buying, the people of Chicago were buying. The way you made your money was from them. Well, no, no, you're right. And then you want to talk about mooches. You're talking about Democrats. You show me a Democrat area, I'll show you 90% moochers. Thank you very much. But let's talk a little bit about what it is that he speaks of. He speaks of Clarence Thomas. And Clarence Thomas, for more than 25 years, has been friends with a guy who uh, most people know as Harlan. His last name is Crow. And I wonder how many of the Democrat morons know why Harlan Crow has money. But let's listen to Clarence first. We have breaking news. We have a new statement from Justice Clarence Thomas reacting to a pro-public report that he accepted lavish trips and other hospitality from a billionaire Republican donor for more than 20 years without disclosing it. Joining us now, NBC News Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Ken Delanian, Joyce Vance, a former U.S. attorney who is now a law professor at the University of Alabama and co-host of the Sisters-in-Law podcast, and Brendan Buck, former communications advisor to House Speaker John Boehner and Paul Ryan. Joyce and Brendan are both MSNBC contributors. So, Ken, what did Clarence Thomas have to say? 
Jose, the justice says in a statement, I'm just going to read it to you. Harlan and Kathy Crow are among our dearest friends, and we've been friends for over 25 years. As friends do, he continues, we've joined them on a number of family trips during the more than quarter century we've known them. He says, earlier in my tenure at the court, I sought guidance from my colleagues and others in the judiciary and was advised that this sort of personal hospitality from close personal, personal friends who did not have business before the court was not reportable. He, he continues, I've endeavored to follow that counsel throughout my tenure and have always sought to comply with the disclosure guidelines. He adds, these guidelines are now being... See, you know, if Clarence Thomas hung with a Chicago Democrat and they went to some tenement slum and they ate, he wouldn't have to disclose that. But because he hangs around with Harlan Crow, he is supposed to disclose it. Well, it's very interesting. How do you disclose something when you don't pay for it, when you're a guest, when you're a visitor? More importantly... Do you know why the Democrats don't know who Harlan Crow is? Because his father should be somebody that is introduced to every child in America. See, his father is somebody who took advantage of Americanism and built an empire. This is from 1988. See, I know who Tremel Crow is. I think everybody should. Trammell Crow, founder of the largest real estate development company in the United States today, 1988. knows the meaning of the term work. The fifth of eight children, growing up in a home heated with coal stones and no hot water. Mr. Growing up in a home that had no heat or hot water. Tremel Crow did this. Mr. Crow worked his way throughout high school, college, and SMU law school. His entrepreneurial spirit and insight quickly transformed the family-owned company where he began his career into a successful real estate enterprise. Within two years of his first venture, Mr. Crow was the largest developer in Dallas. He quickly expanded to Atlanta, San Francisco, and several other cities. Today, his organization is the largest real estate development company in the United States, a widely diversified business whose gross assets exceed $13 billion and whose operations extend into Europe, South America, and the Caribbean. So all of the trips they went on, they were going to Crow Properties. So all of the numbers that you'll hear from these idiots who have no idea who Tremel Crow is, they know who Che Guevara is, they know who Lenin is, and Trotsky, and Stalin, and every other communist murdering scum, but they don't know who somebody who started out with nothing, a dirt floor, no heat, no water, built an empire, and the buildings you see in all the major cities, the beautiful buildings, they're all because of Tremel Crow. So... You think his son is going to tell, hey, Clarence, the bill, like some like some Democrat at Manny's, some communist at Manny's. Hey, uh, uh, the corned beef sandwich, could you put 1340 on the on the table and don't forget to tip the girl? You see, the funny part is we have other examples of Democrats scourge who hate their fathers, not just Bill Ayers and other trust fund babies. But these are the ones who partake in packs and bribe Democrats to destroy cities. These are the ones, you know, that destroy things like New York. No one is above the law. If no one is above the law, then I don't understand how Alvin Bragg could dismiss murder and gang assault indictments against two of the people involved in the murder of my son. Because it seems to me that murderers are above the law in New York City. So all of this, no one is above the law, nonsense is just that it's nonsense no it's the tale of two americas where they're trying to take 
the successes of good people and steal them into a government that does terrible things and pays off assets of enemies, foreign and domestic. That's what they're trying to do. So Tremel Crow has been a target of the mafia, the socialists, the Marxists, the Democrats for decades. And that's all this is. More targeted, more selective persecution, not prosecution, persecution. Because Harlan and Tremel and Clarence Thomas and me and you stand for everything they hate. We're Americans and they're traitors. George in Naperville. Sean, could you even imagine working for someone? Biden works for us. How would it go over with any boss if you kept blaming your predecessor for all your troubles? Well, those are companies that are normally subsidized because real companies don't do that. You can't do that. You have to produce something. Only the government well, he, can do what Joe Biden he's does. He's a protected, abject failure, and Absolutely. that's the reason we have to live with it. I'll I tell guess. you what, George, you show me a Democrat sewer that isn't. Show me anything. Any municipality run by Democrats, any county, any state, show me anything they, they're good at, aside from lying. That they've got down to an absolute science. Right, Hans Christian Andersen? Yeah, you do. I'm Hans Christian Andersen. I've many a tale to tell. And though I'm a cobbler, I'd say I tell them rather well. I'll mend your shoes and I'll fix your boots when I have a moment. I mean, the, the, the best one is he's proud of it. Service intelligence community, I went on and on and on. I conducted this, conducted this uh, withdrawal. But uh, look, I've been around operations my entire life, and there's not a single one uh, that, uh, that ever goes perfectly according to plan. Everyone that you're involved in is a failure because you're a failure and you're a Democrat and you're now going to lie about it because that's what you really do. Lie. It's the base of every policy you have. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, the answer. Now, if you're from Chicago, you know as well as anybody that the whole system is corrupt. From the lowly meter maid all the way up to Ed Burke's wife, Supreme Court Justice Democrat Roach. The two sitting right now, sitting family court judges, two of them, are in an investment group called Table of Wisdom LLC with Ed Burke. And they buy tax auction property and other things. You want to talk about scoundrels. You don't have to be a fan or a, an expert on Greylord to realize just how crooked any Democrat is, all the way up to when they're judges. Yeah, you are. In the meantime, when it comes to New York, has anybody but me ever been to New York? You can't buy a bagel for under $10. Not a bagel. In the meantime... The Trump judge wants you to believe he only gave $10 to Joe Biden. $10. Judge overseeing the case against former President Donald Trump is now facing new scrutiny tonight after political donations that he made to Democrats came to light. CNN's Kara Scannell is on the story again for us. Kara, these were very small contributions, but they do raise an important question of potential bias. What are you learning? 
Yeah, Alex, that's right. And some allies of the former president are focusing in on that, wanting Judge Juan Mershon, who's overseeing this trial, to recuse himself from this case. So what we learned from federal election records is that the judge had made $35 in donations in July of 2020. Those donations, $15 went to the Biden campaign, $10 went to Progressive Turnout Project, and $10 went to Stop Republicans. Those are two voter turnout groups. I spoke with elite... uh Now... There isn't anybody with an IQ over 60 that believes that this judge who makes hundreds of thousands a year, whose daughter works for the vice president now, Kamala Hump Day Harris, you gave $15. I I'll give you here. Here's $15. Are you out of your freaking mind? It costs me more to go to Starbucks when I'm in Chicago to buy coffee for the, for the, for the people that work my board. You're going to tell me you gave $15, huh? Even when they try to tell the truth, they lie. It's in their bone marrow. They can't help it. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you? Good. First thing I want to say is I want to wish you and your family and the crew at 560 and all your listeners uh, a safe and happy Easter. Yeah, me too. Everybody uh, but Squirrel. He takes the day off. I hope he gets the runs. Go ahead. <laughs> and what I want to remind the American people is when President Trump left office, we had low inflation, low energy prices, and a secure border. And when Biden got in, he immediately trashed everything. <laughs> and now they want to blame him. Yeah. And now they want to blame Trump for Afghanistan. This yeah. Kirby comes out and said they did a great job. But he never acknowledged the 13 men that we lost, you know, in no. Afghanistan. No. And you don't want him to acknowledge him. Remember what it looks like when he acknowledges our dead soldiers and he looks at his watch? The, the, the fraud... The feeble fascist pig, the election-stealing rat. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The Biden administration sucks so bad it makes most Americans long for the safety and security of the Cold War. It's a nice way to sum it up. I remember hearing my next guest's name during the Cold War. I had just graduated high school, and he was nominated by President Reagan to become the Assistant Secretary of Defense. His name is Frank Gaffney. Frank, how are you? I'm particularly good because, uh, well, it's a good Friday for sure if I'm on the show with you. Oh, thank you, Frank. And, and, well, listen, I love the fact that you are one of the few people that recognize just what we're up against. And I also love the fact that you're starting the uh, Sovereignty Coalition. I think this is crucially important that we do this. And I think it's crucially important we get enough people behind this kind of move to actually make a difference instead of underwriting the demise of our own country. That's the best way to sum up what we're doing, is it not? It is, I think, um, one way to put it. I fear that what we're doing actually is um, destroying the republic. Uh, sovereignty is uh, one of the critical ingredients of having, you know, an independent national entity, uh, but the practical effect of destroying our sovereignty is going to be that we are giving up 
the constitutional republic as well. And, and the idea that the Biden administration is doing this stealthily and without the, you know, support of the American people or the knowledge for that matter is just the latest example, Sean, of what we've talked about on a number of other occasions, which is the wrecking operation that this administration is engaged in. And uh, as with, I think, every other aspect of it, domestic and foreign policy, two things are true. One is it is incredibly harmful to America. And secondly, that I think without exception, it pretty much is to the benefit of the Chinese Communist Party. Which is why, and I, I say this, Frank, because it's the only conclusion you can come to when you step back and you look at the information at hand, you review the policies, and you see the fascism in this country. I believe Joe Biden is a traitor. And I know it's bombastic, Frank, and I know you're a man of measured uh, conversation, and you're a government man, and you believe in the principles, but I also know that you spent your life for the love of those principles. And in just two and a half years, we have never been weaker. We stand at the precipice of nuclear war on at least two fronts, arguably three. And Joe Biden is assuring that we are at our weakest point constantly. The oil reserves was bad enough. The pull out of Afghanistan is bad enough. But every policy he has hampers my America and strengthens our enemies. He is an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. I see no other way to call him. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about this uh, in various uh circles in which I operate, um, particularly in our Committee on the Present Danger, China. One of its members, and you may know if you don't, I hope you'll have him on as a guest as well. He's a remarkable veteran of the Central Intelligence Agency's uh, clandestine service. He, he knows a thing or two, let me just say, about recruiting foreign assets, in his case, to work for America, uh, and running them. His name is uh, Charles Sam Faddis. And he yeah. says that, you know, in terms of the technical tradecraft and uh, working jargon of his line of work, Joe Biden is a controlled asset mm -hmm. of the Chinese Communist Party. And that, I think, does constitute treason. Uh, it's betrayal of certainly our nation and its vital interests. And the more you see this wrecking operation playing out, uh, the more it is clear he is imperiling all of us in so yeah. doing. Frank, I've actually had him on the show. He's a wonderful guy, and I will have him again. Yeah. But this Good. is the playbook that we all discovered not that long ago. I'm from Chicago, the, 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 the center of American communism. This is the playbook to infiltrate these bureaucracies and from within destroy the credibility and destroy, more importantly, the principles of Americanism in them. I feel as if this mafia, I call it the Marxist mafia, has infiltrated every one of our bureaucracies, every one of our agencies. Listen, there's been some scandal in our agencies for decades, but this clearly is them working against us, be it the FBI, be it the CIA. They've turned our, our bureaucracies against the American people. And their actions are enriching the enemies of Americanism. I, it's on every front. It's almost hard to pick just two or three or five or ten. Every fracking policy. And when you look at how financially we underwrite the Fourth Reich from the World Economic Forum to the World Health Organization to the IMF Bank, it's, it's, it's systemic. It's a systemic problem. 
And if we're not willing to identify it and we can't get support on it, what does the future look like, Frank, if we do nothing? If your coalition doesn't achieve its goal, what does the future look like for America? Well, it's grim. It's the short form of it. It's very grim. Good news is we're old, and Frank. Let me just say, <laughs> let me just say that the, uh, the term uh, Marxist mafia is particularly apt. Uh, as it happens, Sean, I, I have a new book coming out in the next week or so. Um, entitled The Indictment. And its subtitle is Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America, China, and the World. And the thesis of the book fundamentally is that the Chinese Communist Party is a transnational criminal organization, a a mafia. You're absolutely right. And so are the friends who are enabling its takedown of America, some of whom are leaders of, of the financial sector of this country, other business leaders, academics, uh, the media, you know them well, the, um, the, the pop culture, the Hollywood and so on, and not least, of course, governing officials, including, of course, the commander in chief and many in his administration. And, and when you start, you know, peeling this back and realize that these folks are in a very well, criminal way, engaged as accomplices to the crimes, the war crimes, I call them, that the Chinese Communist Party is engaged in in decades of unrestricted warfare against our country. Um, we've got to be about the business of prosecuting this case in the court of public opinion, first off, but uh, I hope in other ways as well, because we are going to lose our country on our watch. As my old boss Ronald Reagan used to say, uh, every generation faces an existential threat to freedom. And if they don't rise to the challenge, we will lose the country. And he famously added to this, and I'm sure you know this very well, Sean. He said, if we don't rise to this challenge, if we don't defend freedom against our time's existential threat, which is the CCP and their friends, we will tell our children and our children's children what it was like to live in the United States when men were free. I'm I'm determined not to do that, and I think you are too. Oh, absolutely. I do it for free. I'll do it till the day I die. But here's the thing, Frank, that I find obvious. We have 537 political whores, representatives. A handful are good. The vast majority, we can trace campaign contributions back to enemies of this country, both foreign and domestic. How is this allowable? And do we have a window of opportunity? Because obviously the country is thirsty for prosecution of politicians who you can um, trace financial frauds to, right? I mean, we're all up in arms because Donald Trump paid a professional prostitute money. So 50% of the country wants prosecution. Okay, let's take that. And let's use that against anybody in the 537 so-called representatives that took money from the Communist Party. Why can we not focus on that? Because this is the time to cultivate, maybe, the anger against Donald Trump, but let's use the same weapon that they're using against the next president and use it against ex-congressmen, ex-senators, sitting senators, sitting congressmen, because this is provable. There is no reason a communist party would give any, mo- any politician money unless they were influencing policy. It's bribery 101. Can we run with that? You bet. It's called a 
by the Chinese Communist Party. And it is, again, the first, one of the very, very first of the, um, well, indictments that I make and nine charges of criminal activity by the Chinese Communist Party against our country. And um, the indictment, if I may just say, it's now available um, for pre-order at Amazon, and I hope people will check it out, because it not only talks about the magnitude of the problem, the damage that's been done to us, Sean, it talks about 20 different actionable steps that need to be taken. And I, I believe the single most important of them all is we have to begin holding accountable those elites that have been captured. And that means um, rousting them out of the offices in which they are currently exercising power on behalf of our enemies, our enemies foreign, yes, and our enemies domestic. You're right. It is a criminal enterprise, and it is now at the cusp of destroying the country we love. We mustn't let that happen. Frank, Yuri Bezmenov warned us of exactly what we're living through today. And he knew... That through demoralization of futility, the hopelessness of citizens, they would become accustomed to the abuse by these political whores we call politicians. And that's exactly what we have when people are aggravated about the actions of a, of a Supreme Court justice sitting on somebody else's airplane and going on vacation. And they're not aggravated to traceable millions of dollars given to not just the sitting president for no reason but given to so many high-ranking senators and so many high-ranking Congress. And if we don't have the fortitude to speak the truth and demand that the assets of the Chinese Communist Party be seized, whether it's the land and eminent domain as they own hundreds of thousands of agricultural acres, and I don't know how many office buildings just in Chicago alone and, and all the big cities, but if we're not going to act forcefully, what's to stop it? Well, forcefully is, of course, uh, a term that uh, I want to be careful about. Um, we need to use nonviolent means. No, uh, eminent domain. Means to, I was the victim of eminent domain. What you're they, talking about. Yeah. I mean, you can, well, you the know. government can implement eminent domain at the drop of a hat. You know that. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And, and you know, I, one of the things that we've been doing that, that has informed this book, by the way, are a series of webinars at uh, presentdangerchina.org. Just yesterday, we did one that's very relevant to your point. Uh, this is about an effort that I'm sure you're aware of up in your neck of the woods in um, Big Rapids, Michigan, where the Chinese Communist Party, literally the party, has a company called Goshen that is in the process of trying to buy up hundreds of acres of real estate in the middle of America, in the middle of Michigan specifically, mm -hmm. of course, and what they're doing is ostensibly going to be putting in an electric vehicle battery plant. But the people up there are beginning to awaken to the danger, the environmental danger, um, the, the presence of uh, literally the enemy within, and they're resisting this, but they're being lied to by, I think, elites that have been captured at, at both the federal as well as the state and even the local level. And it's an, a perfect example of what you're talking about. We have to be clear-eyed about people who are both trying from outside our country. And the Chinese Communist Party is just the top of that list. You mentioned that there might be three different nuclear wars going on here yeah. shortly. Uh, that's not counting, by the way, the Taliban. 
that is in the process, uh, Sam Pattis and I were just talking about it this morning, in the process of using that $85 billion windfall of weaponry to overthrow the government of Pakistan, which the last time I checked had several hundred nuclear weapons. How would you like them apples? But that's just one set of problems. This other set of problems is people inside our country who are willing to sell it out, to betray it, yes, to engage in treason. And one of the nice things about this idea of designating the Chinese Communist Party as a transnational criminal organization is suddenly you can begin to prosecute those who are accomplices to its nefarious activities. You can perhaps even as citizens bring racketeering charges against them. And that may change the calculus. Betraying our country doesn't seem to be too big a deal for a lot of these people, but maybe going to hard time for being accomplices to criminal behavior by a foreign power, that might just get their attention and and cause them to say, hey, you know, we're going to stop doing what we're doing to tear down America. See, but one thing you learn from being from Chicago is clout in law protects the the syndicate, protects the the mafia. When you look at some of the players and you look at uh, Wong Shun, just to name one guy, he is the recipient of the Fisker plant in Delaware when Joe Biden was the uh, vice president. You remember the people built the Fisker plant for $400 million. It was going to be the, the electric cars. This is back during the Solyndra boondoggle. Right. He goes bankrupt. They sell this guy, that $420 million plant, for $12 million. This guy mm. traces all the way back to business entities that are involved with not just the Democrats like Penny Pritzker, which he is, but also with George W. Bush's brother Prescott. So they have bipartisan insulation. That is fracking clout, Frank. You've got the Republicans and the Democrats insulating this syndicate. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a conversation with uh, Mike Gallagher, who's the chairman of this new select committee in the House of Representatives, looking, I think, very, very rigorously at the Chinese Communist Party threat to our country. And uh, one of the things he's made very clear publicly uh, is that, you know, his intent is to pursue his investigation in a bipartisan fashion. And I said, well, that's fine. Pursue the people on both sides of the aisle who are compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And frankly, that's not the right term. Captured is better. Working for is even better. Frank, I blew through the whole segment. I want to talk to you so much, I mean, about the 80s, the Cold War, Ihor Kolomoisk, I was going to throw that name at you. I don't like that fat bastard. Mm. And I don't like the idea that we're uh, blindly supporting a country whose uh, hierarchy uh, politicians show up in Paris with their wives with $30 million in briefcases. This bothers me a little bit. And uh, are, are we just victims of propaganda on all fronts? Is, is there not anywhere we can turn for the truth? Oh, I think there are some places, and I'd like to suggest a couple that that I'm associated with, if I may. Uh, that's, one that's I teed it up for you, about that, I'm a pro. At this. You, did, you are a pro. <laughs> yeah, if you quit your day job, you got a future at radio. Um, listen, one of, one of them is presidentdangerchina.org. Uh, we've got seventy plus webinars now, which are really graduate 
courses in the threats we've just been talking about. Fascinating. We've tried to distill it down to make it accessible through this book, The Indictment. But another is our um, organization, the Center for Security Policy. It has uh, securefreedom.org, great resources. And not least is the one you mentioned at the outset. Thank you for doing so, and we'd be delighted to come back and talk more about it. Sovereigntycoalition.org. It's a brand-new effort pulling in fabulous people. Go to that website, please, folks, SovereigntyCoalition.org, because you can see our founding declaration, the American Sovereignty Declaration. You can sign on to it. You can, with a click of a mouse, send to your representative, Senate and House, in Washington, your insistence that this World Health Organization betrayal be stopped in its tracks. And the only way to do that, frankly, folks, is to get out of the organization ourselves. That's what we must do. That's what we're pushing hard over the next two months to get done. Frank, I want to thank you for um, the book. I want to thank you for the SovereigntyCoalition.org organization, among your many others. But more importantly, I want to thank you because when I was out of high school in the 80s, you were starting in the Reagan administration, and there was no doubt that America was strong, was secure, and had a bright future. And it's because of people like you in not just the Reagan administration, but throughout our government, who were patriots, who would have never sold us out, not for any amount of money. That's who Frank Gaffney is. So thank you very much for taking time and coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. It's always a privilege. God bless you, my friend. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. You know, there, there's a... There's a tool we can use when an enemy, or I mean, when, it, when, 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 it, when a president or a politician is an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. There's a tool. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. We have a tool. We do. Chris in Naperville. Hello, How you- Sean. How are you? Wonderful. How do you feel about impeachment? Uh, to me, it's a joke. <laughs> I think to everybody else, it's a joke. I sleep like a baby with the... Uh, with the uh, places I research in this whole shit show. I don't think you're under... I'm saying, how do you feel about impeachment of Joe Biden? Would you be in or against? Oh, oh, God, Joe? Oh, oh yeah. No, 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 no. He needs Ooh. to go to Gitmo. We're, we're, right. we're way past... <laughs> uh, put, put Chris, Chris from Naperville, put her down for Gitmo. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, all right. So just so you know, I'm a first-time caller, and I'm a first time trying to speak about this in the most articulate, intelligent way possible. So I hope your listeners are maybe some of them are where I'm at. And, you know, maybe some people have a little patience for me trying my absolute hardest. Um, One thing I can say is I'm not the smartest person in the world, but one of the things I can do is find really smart people that know things way more than I do. And I'm wondering throughout all these conversations I've been listening to you guys over the last three years is why aren't we talking about the military? Why aren't we talking about laws and orders? Why aren't we talking about the law of war manual? That's 1200 pages that we, uh, the military had issued in June of 2015, three days before Trump came down the escalator This law of war manual was issued by the military, and it's basically an explanation of what we were going to be going through over the last seven years. And so through the eyes of law, order, military operations, military optics, 
um, executive orders, acts, optics, all that, that to me is has been what makes me sleep like a baby by learning through a veteran that can interpret all these big words and you know the, all the stuff that's hard to read he can he takes this and explains to all of us being a veteran he's not exposing what they're doing they're just interpreting what everything has already been and already laid out so i think we I'm all know to, that the military go ahead I, I i i don't know if i agree with this i don't i don't have faith in the military when i look at the upper echelon of our military i see criminals from General Milley, who calls his Chinese Communist Party to assure him that Donald Trump will be taken out of office, to Lloyd Austin, who is a broker for Raytheon. So I'm not going to put any faith in the military-industrial complex. Not me. I mean, I love that you do, you know, and I, I, I welcome the call and thank you very much for listening. But I'm not going to put my faith in an in an organization that has lost six trillion dollars in the last twenty years, has partaken in atrocities that I feel are atrocities in the destruction of lives across the world, and then they tell you that it's worth it when I talk about Madeleine Albright. So I'm not faithful. And you got to be careful. Just because they're smarter than you doesn't mean there's a good person. There's a lot of smart people who are communists. Just read their books. I'll be back after this. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Don't miss Dan Proft going head-to-head with Juan Williams on Tuesday, April 25th at Beyond the Talking Points. Get your tickets today at 560theanswer.com slash beyond. I'm doing my show from there. Yes, it's true. I'll be at the Juan Williams event. Oh, with Dan, good for you. Dan Prov. Jim in Crown Point, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Happy Easter, my friend. Happy Easter, Jim. Thank you. So all this talk about the military, it just reminds me of how Obama purged the upper ranks of the military, and that's how we ended up with Millie. Vanilla's general uh, being It's almost offered. like they had a plan, huh, Jim? Like there was some sort of mm. a strategy. Yeah. yeah that sounds like it's amazing what the guy could cook up. He was three months late on the payment of his Chrysler 300, couldn't buy his dirt without Tony Greasy Resco fudging the closing. But other than that, he was a brilliant tactitioner of uh, Saul Alinsky's plan to destroy my country. Thank yeah, you very much. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on, Jim. You're not going to pull one over on me. I know that. But when it comes to smart... I'll tell you, Barack, who likes big butts and he cannot lie, he was smart when it came to destroying our country, but he's not the smartest person Stormy Daniels knows. Some of the smartest women I've met have been in the adult industry. You know? Yeah. They can solve geometry and make a bowling pin disappear without any curtains. It's fascinating. Um, so that's really cool to sort of see us taken a little more seriously. Um, and the, <laughs> you can't really shame somebody who's been seen naked everywhere like what are you going to do release nudes of me Ooh. <laughs> yeah please do <laughs> yeah your father drove into a pillar of a support bridge but other than that you can't really shame you jerry in chicago hi sean thanks for taking my call buddy have a happy easter you and your family thank you jerry you too thank you okay brother i'm calling uh i'd like to get your take on this call now to impeach justice clarence thomas 
you have any idea what this is all about? Can you enlighten us? It's not going anywhere. It's because he, I, I, I spent a, a segment on it. It's because he uh, hangs around with Harlan, uh, Harlan, um, oh God, I can't believe this, Crow, Harlan Crow. He hangs around with Harlan Crow, and he's hung around with Harlan Crow for the last 30 years. Harlan Crow is the son of Tremel Crow, and he's been a billionaire since the 80s. And Harlan Crow does holidays with the uh, Thomases. And they're trying to get him to declare that as an in-kind gift. But what they're having trouble doing is it's not an in-kind gift. That's his friend. And they travel to his various properties around the world. So this is an attempt to get another Supreme Court justice on. So they can not only take away your Second Amendment, but turn you into the slave they want you to be. As if the IRS can't do that for them. Thank you very much, Jerry. I appreciate the call and the good wishes. But um, it's interesting to see the way different states are accepting of this philosophy. You can always tell when you're in a bad one. That's the one people are running out of, good people. And that's the one bad people thrive in, like Illinois. Um, But when it comes to good states, they're going to make sure that with this influx of people who are there from bad states, they will not tolerate them. And we have law enforcement down here who understands the Second Amendment, who understands the rights of the American people, and who recognize they, too, are Americans. And that's my next sheriff, Billy Woods. Billy Woods is a sheriff in Florida, and he saw three kids get killed. And he's not afraid to charge the killers as adults, even when they're 12 years old and 17 years old. I'm not going to be able to give you everything because there is a third suspect that we were unable to locate last night. But however, you will receive, you may already have it, the probable cause affidavit that tells you the details of the events that occurred. Twelve years. I will tell you this. I already told you of the witness hearing the gunshots. That is when all three were killed. The suspects were in the vehicle. This individual, who is a juvenile also, is who we're looking for. Now, I'm talking to the viewers. You, Some of you know him, you know where he is, and you need to turn him in. Now, I will get him. I will find him. And justice will be completed. Well, that's the difference between a sheriff who wants to implement the law versus a cowardly one that wants to turn the shooter into the victim. Sheriff, you mentioned uh, the gun. Do we know how the, the uh, suspects got a hold of the weapon? Car burglaries. Car burglaries. All the gun laws we got in place didn't prevent it, did it? Neither will any new ones. Because here's the fact. The bad guy is going to get a gun no matter what law you have put in place. These juveniles shouldn't even possess a handgun, but they did. And I'll go back to you, add your question. A simple burglary, as some people will say, but I don't consider anything simple when it comes to a burglary. Boy, notice the difference. That's why you have 58, 58 felons who are let out because Kim Fox and her peanut head decided to let them out. They killed other people. Every one of those murders is preventable. If you only had a sheriff, a judge, and a prosecutor who understand what the point of law is. The law allows me, I'll plaster their face up on this page, up on my page, up on media. I will hand it out if the law allows me, because parents have the right to know who their kids are hanging out with and preventing this. Huh. 
That's a lot different than the tragedy you're getting used to. Quite the tragedy for this family. I'm told that 23-year-old is still in critical condition at a nearby hospital. He's in the ICU there. His mom tells us he may completely lose his vision in his left eye. Now, all of this just shocking to the family and the mom mostly frustrated because she says this is a a place, a park that this family comes to often and her sons were just here at the wrong time. This is a daily ordeal, and it's complete nonsense. A devastated family in Albany Park trying to understand how gang violence led to tragedy involving their son. Louis Franchi III was with his two brothers Wednesday night, fishing somewhere around the north branch of the Chicago River. His mom says they were wrapping up and headed to the car around 1030 when a couple men approached them asking what gang they're in. My one son is like, we're here fishing. We don't gangbang. We're not with none of that. And they just, both of them pulled out guns and they just started shooting up the whole car my boys were in. Melissa Torres says her sons then ran away to a nearby McDonald's on Kedzie and Foster, leaving their bullet-riddled car at the scene. That's where an ambulance took Lewis to St. Francis Hospital in Evanston. How the kid's alive is a miracle. Shot multiple times in the face. And the Chicago cops want to get that son of a dog that shot him just as bad as the Florida sheriff. The difference is the Illinois government, the Chicago government, isn't, a, isn't for the cops. They're for the shooters. That's who thrives in the ghettos. The perpetrators. Dave in Orlando. Dave. All right, you're going to hold on. We'll be back. We'll get Dave. We'll take Jim. We'll take whoever else is on the line after these messages. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We only got one hour left. Man, oh man. Fastest show ever. Dave in Orlando, Florida. Hey, Sean, can you hear me? I can now. Go ahead. All right. Excellent. Happy Friday, buddy. Hey, you know, I'm sure glad I bought my house already here in Florida because of the mass exodus. It's going to be ridiculous for real estate down here. I'm telling you. And it's hard not to gloat. I'm sorry. As Chicago lights the afterburners into the sewer, for anyone who didn't see it, it's hard to empathize, really. Yeah. You knew it was going there. I I, I can empathize with the people who are victims, but for the ones who vote for it, I'm going to just watch it. Thank you very much. And I, I'll tell you, I have a friend of mine who's still in the, in the business in Chicago, real estate business. Uh, he got more listings yesterday in one day than he has gotten in the last two years. Jim Campton Hills. Hey, that's, that's shocking, Sean, but it's, it's also understandable. Anybody that's looking out a couple of innings in this nine-inning game towards the end of the season can see Chicago perhaps turning into Detroit. So I'm just wondering, do you think that the Cubs, it, they'll be the Nebraska Cubs, or will they call them the Lincoln Cubs? And the Hawks owner gave a warning. No, 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 no Sean, they're moving to Manila. Oh, and that's they can call it the Manila Folders. Oh, no joke, no joke. I, like I just wanted to tell you, Happy Easter. I love you, man. Keep up the good work, and I hope to see you at the big debate between Dan and uh, what's that other guy's name? One who cares, Williams. Yeah, he's, he's, he's right about one thing in his life where he agrees with Prof on school choice. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Love you right back. Another Jim, South Elgin. How you doing, my friends? Good. How are you? Good. Calling from remote location in San Pedro Sula, Honduras, as we speak. Anyway. Nice. Um, where your dollar is a lot more valuable than it is here. Are you still buying wives and mistresses for 50 a pop? How you doing? 
No, I went up to about 75. Nice. All right. Well, inflation. <laughs> but anyway, yes. uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. This week is Samantha Santa, so the, the town's pretty much emptied out. But uh, uh, earlier talking about Clarence Thomas and things, yeah. and there was a little thing with um, uh, AOC. Remember she had that white dress, at that uh, ball with it said tax to rich on it? Sure. Well, she got in some trouble for that because some of those things were supposed to be gifts and they weren't or whatever, and she had some issues with that. But, of course, the liberals oh, don't care. She, she's been brought and, up and on, also, on misappropriation of funds three different times from her campaign right. contributions. She wears $7,000 worth of clothes, but she's down with the struggle. She can't make a Manhattan to save her soul. That's why she had to leave bartending. Go ahead. Anyway, so I also got an interesting uh, email today from the Illinois Housing Assistance Fund. Yeah. Saying we're reaching out for an opportunity to help with the community, our new neighbors. So they want landlords to open up their their place. Oh, your phone broke up from Costa Rica. Listen, do me a favor. If you ever are in a bar and you see Bob Menendez standing next to you, get out of the bar. It's about to be raided. He likes those underage hookers. Chuck and Dullivan. I got to tell you something. I hate these people calling from all over the world. I, I couldn't even get through to Dan and Amy this morning. But right. I, I wanted to call you. I wanted to say Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. I, I got this list, and uh, I got a hold of a guy over at Chuck's. He's a big lawyer out of downtown Chicago. Yeah. I'm going to choose the guy that made me have the list. His nickname yeah. is Whiplash Shapiro. I like it. I told you not to get your teeth done at an oil change place. Well, what are you going to do? You're in Wisconsin. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so Well, when Chicago voters were asked, have you had enough corruption, failure, and totalitarianism, or are you thirsty for more, they said more. So they hired who I think is an absolute unmitigated failure, but fits along the trajectory of corruption, incompetence, and failure. The only question to me is, are we going to call him Brandon Lightfoot or Laurie Johnson? One thing's for sure, he's a millionaire. Millionaire? How could that be? Let's ask Bryce Hill. He's the Director of Fiscal and Economic Research with the Illinois Policy Institute. And it was through your new article, I didn't realize that Brandon Johnson collect, can collect a pension now worth $1.1 million. How did that happen, Bryce? Well, you know, that's, uh, that's a result of a now-closed loophole uh, that allows previous CPS employees, the previous teachers of Chicago Public Schools, to when they go to work for the union, as Brandon Johnson had for you know the past 12 years prior to his election as mayor, uh, to continue to participate in the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund. So normally, normally teachers have to teach for at least five years to be able to be eligible for their pension. Brandon Johnson taught for four, uh, then became a paid employee of the Chicago Teachers Union, and rather than teaching, and was still able to participate in that system. And as a result, is going to be able to collect a, a pension when he turns uh, 60 year old, years old right now. Uh, and, you know, should he winter, not winter, work chicken day dinner. in his life, it'll Those... be worth $1.1 million. Well, Bryce, rules are for morons. If you got enough clout 
in the sewer of corruption. There are no rules. Now, he was given a ghost job for the Chicago Teachers Union. That's what it's really referred to when you're looking for one or when you have somebody uh, in high powers that can give you one. And through the ghost job, how much money was he making when he worked for the Chicago Teachers Union? Yeah, he's averaging about $90,000 a year. That's on top of his salary as Cook County Commissioner, where he's making another, just just sort of another $90,000 a year. So so in total, to work two essentially full-time jobs, as you mentioned, one might not really be a full-time job. Uh, he's bringing in nearly $200,000 uh, on top <laughs> of <laughs> racking up these pension benefits. And I should add, now that he's been elected mayor, uh, he'll be eligible for not only his teacher's pension, not only a Cook County pension because of his work as a county commissioner, but now a third pension as a result of his election as mayor. And nice. really, the, the end result of that is just going to be it's going to be bundled up into something called the Illinois Retirement Systems Reciprocal Act, which allows you to combine multiple uh, pension uh, systems rather than retiring individually from them. You can wrap them all up into one lump sum. And like a man! And bigger payout. He'll be earning money like he was a man, like he actually did something, instead of the political whore he clearly is. You think that the bust-out, when he's got three pensions coming in, will be able to pay his water bill? <laughs> you know, one would hope. Uh, I, I would have hoped he'd be able to make that $200,000 a year, but uh, apparently he's got that all sorted out now, so so we'll see. Now, it's all this kind of corruption, open and notorious mafia pay-to-play schemes that have, has led Chicago into the dead end it really is at. What does it look like financially? And now that we have real estate companies and real estate brokers getting more listings in one day than they did in the previous two years, is there any prediction of, of, of what it's going to look like as the progressive failure of Chicago expands? Yeah, so, so there are a few different things I'd, I'd point to. Number one, you see the population trends have already established themselves over the past several years. 2021, Chicago lost 45,000 residents. Uh, we haven't gotten the 2022 numbers yet, but we got them for Chicago or for Cook County just a couple weeks ago, just last week actually. And that said that 90,000 residents left Cook County in 2020. So that's something that's going to continue to grow. Most of those residents are leaving from the city of Chicago proper. So people are heading for the exits. You know, we saw this past year Boeing, Tyson, um, Citadel, McDonald's is thinking about leaving. We saw all those companies decide to pull out of Chicago. I'd expect as, as long as we continue down our current path, we're going to see more of that. And you mentioned city finances. The city's facing uh, through pessimistic estimates that the city puts out, which are probably the most realistic given the current state of the economy and where things are, might be going, uh, that there's going to be a shortfall in the next couple of years of a billion dollars annually. So there's not enough money coming in to pay the bills because of outrageous spending, the bulk of which is going to uh, pension debt which Chicago, by the way, has more pension debt than 44 other states. So just the city alone, more pension debt than 44 other states. Other states. So you're taking it to a new category. So Chicago is in the the league of losing money the way states do. Yeah, and, and, you know, the the more than the vast majority of states uh, and the five major Chicago pension systems, the the teachers, municipal employees, labor, police, and fire, those five systems – are the five worst-funded public pension systems in the nation. Now, so the when you syndicate, look at the large pension systems, they are, they're failing on, on all accounts. City finances are, are already in the toilet. Uh, without major reforms, which I don't think Johnson's in favor of, uh, we're not going to see any improvement. Now, the syndicate has uh, a lot of the aldermen and a lot of the slip-and-fall law 
the lawyers that vote Democrat, have a side hustle. And that side hustle is they um, use their corruption to lower property taxes for the people who pay them, the corruption fee. Has there ever been a calculation on what happens as even those recipients of Chicago clout, 60% of commercial real estate in the city of Chicago, used either Mike Madigan or Ed Burke's law firm? What does it look like when even they move out? And do we know how many buildings the government owns and theoretically could never pay taxes on because their money is taxes? We know about the four around the Dirksen Center. Do we know any indication as to how many real estate buildings are vacant, how many are behind in their tax bills, and what that looks like in the future? You know, I haven't seen a, a more a up-to-date uh, report on how many uh, vacancies we have. I know during the height of the pandemic we had some outrageous percentage of, of office building vacancies that was mitigated a little bit as, as businesses return, but never fully recovered to pre-COVID levels. I don't know what the exact number is. Same goes for uh, publicly owned buildings, you know, notably the Thompson Center, uh, the, the state offloaded. Um, so that number has, has gone down compared to past years, but certainly a lot of, of real, real estate value is pinned down to, to public, publicly held real estate rather than privately held real estate. And we're not seeing you know, the massive influx of businesses to the city like, like Lightfoot or Pritzker has, has proposed or said that, suggested that we have in the past. Uh, that's just not something we're seeing, you know, as I mentioned, Boeing, Citadel, Tyson, these major companies pulling out of the city, not, not seeing major companies move in. Now, the worst-kept secret in Chicago isn't that Ed Burke is a gangster or that Mike Madigan is short in the pants. The worst-kept secret in Chicago is that the plan is to take the 5 million vacant square feet of commercial real estate and turn that into low-income housing. But just on an economic position, which I know you're an expert in, how does that work? Because the government, who will be funding the low-income housing project, can never really pay taxes. I mean, do, does it even go through the, the pretend uh, uh, exercise of pretending to pay taxes? I mean, ultimately, you're talking about a massive loss of private money funneling this corruption of uh, the Chicago Public Teachers Union, the other unions of the municipality, and it's the running of government itself. I mean, they compare it to Detroit. This is way worse than Detroit. This is the Soviet Union where the government keeps pretending it's generating revenue. Has has there ever been any focus done on this issue? You know, I, I'm not sure how much focus has been put on that. It's certainly something that we try to shine a light on. I'll tell you what they're going to do right now to say that they're paying for initiatives like this. So it's going to be part of the $800 million in new taxes that Brandon Johnson put on his on his uh, campaign platform, which you know he really was treating as, as a game of whose line is it anyways. Uh, the tax figures were made up, uh, and he's acting like taxes don't actually have any any uh, implications or, or economic realities that go along with them. But that's what it's going to be. You know, he mentioned a $400 million real estate transfer tax, uh, $98 million in taxes on jet fuel, $100 million in new user fees in commercial districts, $20 million on a per-employee head tax, uh, $100 million in financial transaction taxes for financial institutions. And then, as if that wasn't enough, another $30 million on Chicago's already nation-leading hotel taxes. Uh, so really, anywhere he can turn to, he said, Yep, we're going to get money here, there, oh yeah, over here, and oh yes, I forgot about this over here. Uh, so what is that's the, where he says the money's coming from. 
What is the process? I mean, even though it's Chicago and he's a Democrat, does he not have to get an agreement? How does it happen where the city can arbitrarily tax, say, United for airplane fuel? Is that even... Is that possible that he can even do the, what, he's, what he said he would do? Doesn't he need an agreement, or is he the king of Chicago now? He will need uh, support from aldermen to get these, these, most of these things passed. Uh, some of them he's even going to need support from the General Assembly. So I think that's you know, one bright spot after this past week is that he's going to need support from aldermen. Uh, I should mention that you know, CTU, while they got their crown jewel of getting Brandon Johnson elected, they endorsed 11 uh, non-incumbent uh, candidates for aldermen. Only four of those candidates won. Uh, so that is not by any means a uh, major changing of the guard, even though they play a, an outsized role in, in City Hall. The first thing is Brandon Johnson's uh, win margin, the votes that he won by, is the smallest in uh, Chicago mayoral election history. So it was the thinnest margin ever seen. Uh, so you know, compared to, let's say, just Lori Lightfoot, uh, four years ago, she looks like she had a you know rubber stamp mandate compared to Brandon Johnson, and we saw how quickly her favorables tanked. Uh, so I think Brandon Johnson, luckily, is going to have a, a pretty tough time, especially uh, in light of those results. And you know now the dogs caught the car. CTU's got what they wanted. Uh, now there's going to be nobody else to blame for for the city's failures and for the failure of CPS other than the CTU themselves. An interesting thing happened on election night, even for me. Even I, I, I thought Brandon Johnson would win by a greater margin. He won by less than 20,000 votes, yet Paul Vallis called the race himself. I've never really seen that. Um, it's almost as if he wanted him to lose. So I can't help but notice this system of, of, of ghost jobs, and loopholes, and multiple pensions. That's the system that the recipients of those those inside deals, they're going to have a field day. If you are a Chicago teacher uh, uh, union member, you're going to have a field day. So is it possible that it was set up for this kind of kid, this kid from nobody? I mean, he's, he's an expert in nothing. He's put in a position. He's a failed teacher. He admits in an interview he didn't give homework. He didn't grade. I mean, isn't this the, the, the just the real clout, the cream of the clout? cashing out is am i the only one am i just too pessimistic i mean he's got to know that the honest men and women of chicago are going to get the hell out of there he's got to know that the people who pay taxes are realizing my property values haven't gone up in two decades if i inflationally adjust that i lost 50 60 70 percent i mean does he have any future outlook or does he just think people are going to take it you know i think you you mentioned uh ed burke and mike madigan earlier and I think what we saw here on election night was the CTU really flexing their muscles and establishing themselves as a new Chicago political machine. That's really was. They have a major get-out-the-vote effort. They have tons of groundwork that they can do. They can uh, mobilize voters, and they we hold elections uh, in off years in you know the dead of winter for the general, and then right now uh, at the very you know beginning of spring because it suppresses voters. If this were in any other city, we'd call it voter suppression. Uh, and we do that. The city does that so that special interests can can swing elections, you know, where they otherwise would not be able to. So I think that's exactly what we saw. And that's how uh, Brandon Johnson really ultimately got elected uh, and, and beat Vallis. Uh, and as far as a long term plan goes, it's like I said before, you know, the dog never catches the car. 
<laughs> this time they have, and I don't know that they're going to know what to do with it. And I think that's really going to come back and bite them um, because, you know, everything that they propose, their ideology, anywhere it's been tried, has been doomed to fail. And if we keep that, that same energy and we keep bringing those policies, uh, they're going to fail in Chicago, too, because they've just been tried and they, they just simply don't work. There was an alderman on the morning show not that long ago. And he was talking about the voter rolls. And he said in his district, you know, he knows the turnout was 70%, 60%. And when they said, well, when you look at the voter rolls, uh, it looks like it was only 27% or 30%. And he said those voter rolls haven't been cleaned in 20 years. Uh, is it possible that the turnout was maybe greater than what we are being told it is? And the fact of the matter is the voter rolls being left in disarray with names on it of people who have died and moved out for 20 decades suits the power structure so they can always beat the same drum lower turnout lower turnout is it possible that maybe we can have the new secretary of state although he is part of a the capo mafia and the democrat mafia alexi Janulius, maybe go through the voter rolls has that ever been brought up is there any way to really know what the numbers were in your opinion i hate taking the words of liars bryce Sure. I think that there has been conversation in Springfield about about this issue. I haven't seen any hard evidence one way or another to to support that. Uh, I understand the sentiment and where, you know, when we talk about political machines like the CTU has become, that uh, questions do get raised. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen any uh, evidence to the contrary or any evidence to support either one of those claims. So I'm not sure how big of a role that did or didn't play. Uh, I would wait for any evidence to come in. But I do think that that's something that, especially outside of Chicago, Republicans at, at the state level have brought up, certainly. Uh, and we'll see what kind of effect that has at the Secretary of State. Uh, you mentioned we have a new one. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. This is also spreading to uh, my old neck of the woods, the surrounding suburbs, and pretty much all of Cook County. What's it look like for Cook County? I mean, after all... Um, Brandon Johnson was a hierarchy in the Cook County Mafia when he was a uh, a board member. What What's the look for Cook County? I think the look for Cook County is, is very similar to the city of Chicago itself. Uh, there is, you know, where the suburban Cook County is a bit of a, a lag from the city. So as we've seen with the exodus of people, we used to see decades ago people leaving the city of Chicago for suburban Cook County. Then that spread to suburban Cook County. People left for the Collar counties. Then population decline has even spread throughout the Collar counties now, and people are leaving the state altogether. And so population decline is now affecting every area of the state. The same thing is happening with city, fi- or city finances and municipal finances. Uh, the county systems, county finances are doing marginally better than than the city of chicago's but they're on very much the same trajectory as these problems just spread so the city of chicago might be the epicenter uh, but the surrounding areas the county itself is is very much in line to to endure the same fate that chicago has now the municipal retirement fund last question had some money in silicon valley bank we don't really know where they're invested, but we find out as these bank collapses. Um, did they get that money back, and did they have any mo- money in New York Signature Bank? And um, how exactly is the investment portfolio of the Municipal Retirement Mystical Magical Unicorn Pension Fund? How exactly is it performing in this tough, tumultuous times? 
So Silicon Valley Bank, they had uh, at least at $1.8 million. I think they put oh. out a statement after we reported on it that they'd only had, you know, only $4.5 million. Oh. Uh, so they, they took a they pretty much a bath on that. Um, but I'm not sure about uh, about the, the other banks, if they were invested in that or not. They were invested in FTX prior to... Uh, prior to Silicon Valley Bank collapsing. So they've had multiple failed investments lately. Uh, IMRF, to their credit, is is a very well-funded system, even for outside of Illinois standards. Uh, But it does highlight the funded... They're something like 90-plus percent funded, but it does highlight the fundamental mismatch and problem with public pension systems, most of which are drastically uh, beyond the point of no return. Experts consider below 60% possibly being beyond the point of no return for public pension funds. The Chicago systems are all in the 40% or lower range. Some of them are closer to 20% funded. Um, so retirement systems statewide are only 45% funded. So most of them, by and large, are going to be nearing the point of no return if they're not already there. Uh, but, it, but IMRF's investment in Silicon Valley Bank highlights the fundamental problem. Yeah. with public employee pensions, and it's that the pensioners don't bear any of the risk. All the risk is borne by taxpayers. Yes. If you personally decide to invest in uh, SVB or FTX, and you want to dedicate a small portion of your portfolio to that, that's fine. When that when those places go bust, you eat that cost, and you have to suffer the consequences, and you have to be comfortable with the risk. When that happens in a public pension, Nobody faces the consequences except for the taxpayer. Taxpayers yeah. subsidize to make up for the loss in revenue. Pensioners still get the same payout. The fund doesn't suffer any actual consequences. Managers don't suffer any consequences. The only people harmed by this are the people who aren't benefiting from the system and the people who are actually footing the bill. Price. So that's the, that's the real problem. That's the magic in the secret sauce of the mystical magical pension. You almost have to love it. In the meantime, I'm wondering who's going to move out of... Uh out of uh, Chicago first. Will it be the Cubs? Will it be the Hawks? Or will it be Illinois Policy Institute? You keep me in the loop, will you? I'll keep you in the loop. I can tell you the one thing, though. Illinois Policy Institute will be the last. All right, good. Well, I got $10. Says it's going to be the Omaha Cubs. What do you say? <laughs> I hope not. You know, I, I love Wrigley. Bryce Hill, thank you for joining me, and thank all the people at the Illinois Policy Institute. I love what you do there. Thanks for uh, producing the information we need to point out the mafia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. That guy's like Biden. He's got a little bit of a stuttering problem. This is stuttering. Uh, we're going to go to the lines. I can't believe how fast this show is. Unbelievable. Joe and Dundee, we don't have a lot of time, kid. Are you there? Would you drop the phone? Hello. 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 <laughs> I could play this game all day with you, but we're running out of time. What do you got? Yo, right. Oh. John. Okay, well, apparently you got nothing. Here's what we're going to talk about. Did you know that the EPA is an executive order? The EPA is an executive order. Congress did not create the EPA. Nixon did. And this bureaucracy has grown to be billions and billions and billions of dollars to the American people. But that's not what should scare you. 
This is what should scare you. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is taking action to fight air pollution caused by chemical plants. A proposal would set legally enforceable safety levels for more than 80 toxic chemicals for the first time. The EPA says the new rules would reduce cancer risk for people living in cities and towns that are near chemical plants. Doesn't that sound nice? You know what else will reduce the costs? Is when you send these idiots out to, say, train derailments, and they don't blow it up. And now they're going to help us. You see, they're making this up. This isn't about helping you. All of this has been sold to help you. This is about knuckling under everything in our nation. You see, these aren't bureaucrats that are trying to be uh, representatives to your freedom and your liberty. These are representatives that are trying to fund their corrupt gangster government, their spending sprees. Because on them, there's no such thing as an IRS. There's no such thing as a restraint. There's no such thing as anything. They don't even have to produce reports when they waste our money and lose it. This is how you know we've been turned into a third world nation. We'll discuss that. I'll take your calls. We'll do a lot after Nikki Whaley in the news. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Hello, Friday. Brandon Tatum, tonight at 7, right before Jay Sekulow at 9, on AM560, The Answer. All right, we're going to go right to the lines. I was wondering when I get a call. Dan Byron. Hey, Sean. Hi, Dan. Just had to ask you, um, why are you you so hard on the teachers? Well, first... First of all, I'm hard on the Chicago Public School Union teachers and union teachers. We are trained Marxists. There's one reason. But here's the other reason. What you see on the nightly news is the product that those teachers deliver. Everyone blames parents. Everyone blames parents. But if you listen, Dan, to Paul Vallis's solution for crime, he wanted to take the criminals and put them in the schools, assuring that the kids that didn't want to be criminals would be intimidated bullied, and really turned into those criminals. The, the public school system in Chicago and in all the Democrat sewers are not just breeding grounds for street gangs. They're indoctrination camps for morons who become Democrats because they're teaching them to be socialists, communists, and Marxists. Now, that's not to be said for private school, but those are teachers with a vocation not an occupation. And those are teachers who are not worth $4 million when they retire. And I'm all for rewarding people who are good. That is the exact opposite of a union structure. So I'm against union teachers. Make sense? To some point, yeah. I mean, a lot of them start out good, and then they get beat down by the system. I, I, then I, know, even I, have, I even have more contempt for you. Because what you have in you life, what you have in life is your character. It's the only thing you can control. Now, if you're a whore and we're negotiating prices, fine. But you can't give me a good reason why good people shouldn't do what the small group of good Chicago public school teachers did and sue their own union because they knew they were giving money to a communist by the name of Brandon Johnson, now called mayor. I understand the lure of money. Nobody understands it. Nobody understands the lure of money. I get it. But you still don't give up your character for it. That's where I draw the line. Make sense? It, it, yeah, but it's rough sometimes. You got to pay the bills, and you got to do what you got to do to. I get that. I'm never I, listen. A, a teacher saved my life. It was a vocation for him, not an occupation. Never forget. You have you have snuck this mafia in 
under the virtue shield of teachers. Well, teachers are like every other job. Some are good, some are in the middle, and some are rats. The problem is, who's in control of our public school system are the rats. That's just what it is. And you're seeing the ramifications on the nightly news. These are kids that are terrorizing these cities. Where are they taught that? It's it's more than just their home, Dan. Where did Brandon Johnson learn how to be a Marxist? From his reverend father? I don't think so. I think from the union mafias. That's what I think. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Happy Easter to you and your loved ones. Thank you. Happy Resurrection Day to you and yours. The same. Yeah, likewise. You know, I have two questions to ask you. First of all, as a comment, you're going to watch the next four or five months, the police officers are going to be running from the police department. They're going to, And how are you going to have social workers and a security guard at a homicide case? And here's the question I want to ask you. Who is this guy going to put as a new police chief? I heard it's going to be some... Communists lost in Texas. What it do doesn't matter. They're all in their costume anyway. They don't have police in Chicago. They have actors. I mean, police captains, the guys who they bring in from out, outside, who never were in the academy, like the last Morphodite who just left, and he's going to get a pension on top of it. Problem is, you've got a corrupted system, and like everything else, you've got a third of them are phenomenal, third are in the middle, and a third are in on the scam. Thank you very much, Robert. We've got teachers that are fans of the show, policemen who I'm related to, who I love, who I'm going to beg to retire in the next two days. And this is, I understand that, but the system must be recognized for what it is. It is a breeding ground of La Cosa Nostra. Sorry, it just is. Tom in St. Charles. Tom? Ah, what happened? Yeah, you there? Yeah. Shoot. We got to go through this crap every single year. This is from the real world. Uh, this was a UPS driver. It's local 705 International Brothers of Teamsters Pension Plan. Annual certification retirement from industry employment. All participants must complete Section 1 and above. I certify I'm not currently engaged in industry employment as defined in Article 2, Section 2.32. I understand engagement in industry employment while receiving pension plans and benefits shall result in suspension of my pension benefits. I also understand I may be required to prove additional documentation to show the administrator that I'm not engaged in industry employment. I'm wondering if the public sector people have to go through this crap every year. No, Tom. No. And And that's why I'm against municipal. I'm against municipal unions. And I'm against unions. Yeah, I know you are. And, you know, I got a brother in the union. And I'm also against the idea that the upper echelon of these unions make $500,000 and they tell you what a good deal they're getting from you as they're getting kickbacks from the money bundlers and the rest of it. I'm against La Cosa Nostra. Thank you, Tom. I'm for the worker in every one of the cases. The good worker. Not the one who's in on it either. Ron, South Elgin. Sean, our happy Easter. Odin and our Heavenly Father are best friends, and I know them both. <laughs> That's exactly, I love that. Thank you with very that, much. You pagan. With that being said, uh, brother, uh, <laughs> two things, two things. Did you see uh, Lushy, Lushy Pelosi get beat up the other day? In that, uh, hold on, hold on, hearing? hold on. I got it. I got the clip. Hey, Congresswoman, I came to see a warmonger, but you're a sad old drunk. Best line ever. Best opening line at a political function I've ever heard. Go ahead. Outstanding. And secondly, um, Stinky Hammers, what's going on with that case? It, uh, you know, it just Squashed. took an extra stage left from. Squashed. You know, 
Do you yeah, realize okay. that just, th- what was it, three months before? It Was it even three months when he got in a car accident? He injured somebody, had another fella in the car who probably had some stinky hardware in the back seat, and they squashed it. Now he gets caught answering the door with a drink in his hand, no pants on, and more stinky hammers in the garage. Squash that, too. That's power. But when you got $500 million in insider trading deals, you can buy a lot of that clout. Thank you very much, Ron and South Elgin. 312-642-5600. When I get back, it'll be Michael on the South Side first, then Mark will be back after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Footloose! Nice. You're aging just like, uh, what's his name, Kevin Watt? Michael! Hold on, hold on one second. Michael on the south side. Oh, oh hey, Sean. Hey, Michael. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, buddy. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Anytime. Uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, Dan Prof should change his last name to Prophet because he called. <laughs> don't this blow, election don't blow his head up any bigger. He's going to look like a jack in the box. Go ahead. Uh, seriously, I mean, uh, weeks ago he called it for Brandon Johnson, and uh, he was right. He uh, he was proved to be smarter than a lot of pundits here in Chicago. Yeah. Well, you know where he's dumb? He's mad at me because his contractors took longer to rebuild his house and charged him more than he thought. So somehow he's mad at me. He doesn't recognize I'm the reason he bought the house at a third of what it's worth. So he's not as smart as you think he is, the arrogant son of a dog. But I appreciate it, Michael. I'll let him know you think he's a genius. Thank you very much. He is smart, though. He's wicked smart. Just a terrible personality. He's a real personality with no personality. Mark Oaklawn. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Anytime, uh, Hey, I tell you, I, I really, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy's entering the mix, you know, for the president. And, you know, he's an interesting guy. You know, he's, he's oh, anti-vax, I, big time, big time. Yeah. He's, he and he knows exactly who killed his uncle. Yeah. Yeah, and he thought the election was rigged. Okay, mm-hmm. and he, you know, and he's been hanging out with Steve Bannon and, and Trump somewhat, and I don't know his take on the January 6th, you know, if he thinks that was uh, a, a lie. But but I know that uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Do you think, Sean, I really want to get your opinion. You know, do you think he'll run as a Democrat because he, he thinks the election was a fraud? He is. He and, declared and himself he, a Democrat, and he's challenging uh, diapers Biden right now as we speak. And I do think he's an interesting guy. Listen, I think I think the Kennedys... We're interesting people, but I always uh, also remember what their father was and what he what he did and how they got in, right? So they're the tale of two stories. In the meantime, remember we win this. We're Americans. Cue the music, Macbeth. Can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we
Happy Easter, everybody. Have a good, safe weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.